I was handing him the half-sovereign when something came bobbing up against the window, and Mr. Builder's face doubled its natural length with surprise. God bless me, he said, if there ain't old Bearsicker come back by hisself. He went to the door and opened it, a most unnecessary proceeding, it seemed to me. I have always thought a wild animal never looks so well as when some obstacle of profound durability is between us. A personal experience has intensified rather than diminished that idea. After all, however, there is nothing like custom, for neither Builder nor his wife thought any more of the wolf than I should of a dog. The animal itself was as peaceful and well-behaved as that father of all picture wolves, Red Riding Hood's quondam friend, whilst moving her confidence in masquerade. The whole scene was an unutterable mixture of comedy and pathos. The wicked wolf that for a half-day had paralyzed London and set all the children in town shivering in their shoes was there in a sort of penitent mood and was received and petted like a sort of vulpine prodigal son. Old Builder examined him all over with most tender solicitude, and when he had finished with his penitent, said, There, I knew the poor old chap would get back into some kind of trouble. Didn't I say it all along? Here's his head all cut and full of broken glass. He's been a-getting over some bloomin' wall or other. It's a shame that people are allowed to top their walls with broken bottles. This here's what comes of it. Come along, Beresicker. He took the wolf and locked him up in a cage with a piece of meat that satisfied, in quantity at any rate, the elementary conditions of the fatted calf and went off to report. I came off, too, to report the only exclusive information that is given today regarding the strange escapade at the zoo.